Hey, hey, everyone, Darlene here, and welcome to another episode of our All That Is Empath podcast. Today, I want to talk a little bit about value, my value and your value. So first, I want you to think about things that are unique. For example, a beautiful diamond, and there's only one like it in all the world with its perfect cut and its brilliance and clarity and everything that makes it unique. Think about what the price of that would be as compared to any other diamond. It's going to be thousands, maybe millions more, depending on the size, right? Think about a unique painting, a one of a kind that nobody has ever come close to duplicating. For example, the Mona Lisa. What is that worth? The original Mona Lisa or an original Van Gogh. Things that are unique are valuable. We value them because, frankly, the lack of quantity, right? They're just things that are very hard to come by. And now I want you to think about the fact that you have a fingerprint that is unique to you. There's nobody else in the world that has your fingerprint. And there will never be anybody else in the world that has your fingerprint. Nor will there ever be anyone else in the world that has your voice print. Nor will there ever be anyone else in the world or has there ever been anybody in the world with your exact DNA sequence. These are all things that are unique to us. Yet we don't think of ourselves oftentimes as valuable like we do the Mona Lisa. Why? The reason usually is because we've spent our life hearing other people plant ideas in our head. They're not even our own ideas, but yet we inculcate them into our personalities. They become uh, rooted in our subconscious and we start to believe them. Things like, you know, maybe your parents saying you're not good enough or kids on the playground telling you you're ugly or you're fat or you're worthless, you're a loser. And even though on a conscious, logical level, you may know that that's not true, these things just, we absorbed them like a sponge. Usually they happened in our developing ages uh, between, you know, one and eight years old. So we just absorb them without really putting them through a filter of whether they were true or not true. So we tend to devalue ourselves because we have these subconscious programs telling us that we're not good enough. I want to tell you a quick story about something that hit me really heavily when I realized it for the first time. I dreamed, my dream car, I did not have lofty aspirations, but (laughs) 
My dream car was a 2002 Pontiac Trans Am. And this was originally from the time it came out to years later, uh, probably I would say, well, up to the time they quit making them, uh, which I don't remember exactly what year that was, maybe four or five years later. Um, but the entire time I dreamed of this car. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I went by different sales lots. The, the salesmen got to know me by my first name because I was always going and looking what was there and what colors they had. And did this one have the Ram Air? Did this one have leather seats? And just dreaming. I didn't have the credit or the finances at the time to purchase the vehicle. And I was so devastated when I found out they weren't going to make them anymore because I thought, now I'll never have one. Because I didn't want a, a used one because I thought, you know, that type of car, probably a lot of younger people are buying and, you know, they run them up and down the roads at stupid speeds, probably get in accidents, you know, and you just, I don't know. I just felt like it probably wouldn't be something that I'd want to get used because it would, it would not be, uh, it wouldn't drive as well, wouldn't look as good, et cetera. So even though I kind of thought this in my head, I still dreamed of this car and, uh, manifesting is a podcast for another day, but I do think that I ended up manifesting this vehicle because years later, and I was still, again, dreaming of this car. I would look at Trans Am fan sites and stuff like that and watch um, what people were doing to theirs and just reading about them. And always, I think my wallpaper at the time on my computer was even the Trans Am that I really wanted and it was like this purplish blue color, like depending on, on what light hit it, it might look black, it might look blue, it might look purple. It was a super cool color. Uh, leather interior, Ram Air was the exact type that I wanted. And I'm just driving down the road one day and I see the exact car that I ha I've wanted because, you know, again, think about it, you know, the Trans Am came with or without the Ram Air, with or without the leather seats. And the more standard colors, you know, red or black was what most of them were, the, the, the major quantities were made in. So the specific color I wanted was rare as well. And the exact car sitting on the corner of a used car lot. And my first glance was, holy moly, that that car looks brand new, even though it was a used car lot. And, and I just had to stop and look. I just wanted to see, you know, I know that car lots can make cars look new uh, and do a lot of tricks that wear off pretty quickly when you get the car home. But um, I just wanted to stop and see how many miles it had and this, that, and the other. Had no intention of buying the car, but uh, so I stopped and the sales lady was uh, very good at her job. And <laughs> I was shocked when I saw this car, mint condition, inside and out, clean under the hood, absolutely gorgeous vehicle. 
with 8,000 miles on it. And this was probably, and I'm having to really reach here because I don't remember the exact date, but I do think it was probably somewhere between 2008 and 2010. So, you know, it, it was a pretty used car, right? 2002. And I'm, I'm like, how does it only have 8,000 miles? And she said, well, actually, this, this car belongs to the owner of the lot. So he put it here, you know, to try to sell it. It's not part of our regular inventory. Um, but, you know, he thought he'd try it here first. And he used it as a show model. So he's done a bunch of upgrades to it, has a Hertz short shifter, and it has such and such and all kinds of little uh, changes he had made. And it was just super cool. Perfect and brand spanking new. So at this point in my life, I, I did have credit and I was able to buy it. And I finally have my dream car. And I really do think I, I unwittingly, because at the time I wasn't doing manifestation and I think I, I had seen, yeah, I had seen The Secret by then, but it was kind of way back in my rearview mirror and not something I was actively doing. Um, so it was really, uh, when I when I really thought about it down the road, I think I manifested that car because because I... I, I just was so into it and just constantly looking at pictures of it and the desire was so strong. And I, and it was, that was crazy to me because I've never been that way over a vehicle in my entire life, nor have I been since. So it was just that particular model. And I finally got my dream car. So why am I telling you this whole story? What does this have to do with value? Okay, so I am no longer a smoker, but I did quit smoking about a year ago. And I had smoked from the time I was 12 years old. So basically about 35 years. And it was, I tried many times to quit and I couldn't. But when I got this car, I was so in love with this car and I valued it so highly that I would not smoke in the car. And to some of you, you might think, well, yeah, so well, we, I don't smoke in my car either just because I don't want it to stink and other people won't want to ride in my vehicle, blah, 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 not that big a deal. To me, it was because I was never that person. I smoked in my house with the windows closed. Um, you know, I smoked in every single car I had ever owned, um, I would, I smoked absolutely anywhere that it was legal for me to smoke. Um, and not proud of that because I, I did disregard people around me and was, was more selfish about, well, I'm a smoker, deal with it kind of attitude. So I've changed a lot over the years, but that's frankly just who I was. So and I was a very heavy smoker, three, like three packs a day, which was kind of one of the reasons for my self, selfish attitude, because I needed it. I couldn't go very long without a cigarette. So if I was going to visit anyone or 
have someone come over to my home. It's not like I could go without a cigarette the entire time. Um, and I smoked so often, so, so much that going outside to smoke was not an option either because I would be going outside every five minutes. So not smoking in this vehicle was a really big deal. And it was really, 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 really hard at first. At first I would get in the car and I would think, boy, I really, I really should just smoke. I mean, I should, but no, no, I care too much about this car. I loved that car. I babied that car. It was never dirty. It was always spotless inside and out, and I would not smoke in it. So years, years later, um, and I had probably had the car maybe six years by the time I had this revelation, but it was at a point I was, I was quitting smoking and I thought to myself, you know, how interesting it is that this material object that I paid about $26,000 for, so not, you know, this incredible huge investment either, for me at the time it was, but, you know, not like a $300,000 home or something, you know? Um, so relatively small investment, and I was willing to sacrifice my nicotine needs at the time, which were very high, with for the car. Yet, I consistently smoked three packs a day for decades with not one single thought about my body. If I had valued my body even half as much as I had valued that car, I would have quit smoking a long time ago, right? It's just amazing to me. The thought when it hit me was like, wow, that's how little I think of myself. I won't smoke in the car, but I have no problem filling my lungs, which are irreplaceable, unique, one of a kind, worth a lot more than $26,000, putting smoke in them at the rate of three packs a day. So hopefully that makes you think, because I'm willing to bet a lot of you probably most of you listening right now value things above yourself. You don't stop and take the time to think about yourself as value. Another example, we take things for granted until we need them and they're not there. How many times have you stopped and been grateful or had gratitude for oxygen? You ever done that? You ever just stopped and thought, I'm really thankful for oxygen because I can breathe and I can live because there's oxygen on planet Earth. Well, no, of course not. We don't do that, right? What about 
the person that's in the hospital gasping for breath because maybe they have lung cancer from smoking or maybe they have double pneumonia and they, they can't get the oxygen into their lungs or enough oxygen to saturate their blood. I was in that position before. I had double pneumonia and I, and I almost died. I was on a breathing machine for three days before they were able to force my body to, to keep the oxygen they were feeding me. My lips turned blue, my nails turned blue, and it was not looking good. Now, thankfully, I did recover from that, but I tell you what, when you're having trouble breathing, it's only then that you really appreciate oxygen. <laughs> you really appreciate that deep breath that you can take because it affects everything. It's not just, okay, if you don't breathe, you die because you might be getting enough oxygen to live, but without enough oxygen, you're very weak. You're very slow. When I got home from the hospital after two weeks in, in the hospital with double pneumonia, they sent me home with oxygen that I had to wear 24 seven for 30 days. And even with the oxygen, I was, I was probably 42, 43, somewhere in there, maybe even 45 around the time that happened. And I was walking like a 75, 80 year old. In fact, I know some 75 year olds that walk much better than I was walking. I would go a couple steps from my desk to the bathroom and be so winded that I would have to sit and catch my breath for probably 10 minutes before being able to journey back again to my desk. And I definitely at that point thought a lot about oxygen and how grateful I was every time I was able to get a deep breath of oxygen. But it's not something we think about till we need it. Have you ever been thankful for being able to walk? We don't think about it, right? Because we just do it. It's just part of our programming that, that we've learned to walk and now we do it second nature. So we don't think about walking. And because we don't think about it, we're not really appreciative of it until we can. And again, this is something that I most recently have been going through. Uh, if you listen to my first podcast, my very first podcast, I believe, um, on gratitude, you'll, you'll already know this story and I'm not going to go into it in as much detail here, but if you're interested, you can go back and listen to podcast one. But, um, for those of you that don't know in June of this year, I suddenly started falling constantly because I, I was just losing like the strength in my legs, my, my knees would buckle or I would literally just trip and fall. 
And when I went to the doctors after, you know, I'm bruised from head to toe because I had fallen so many times. And when I went to the doctors, had the MRIs done, all of that, I found out I had uh, two herniated, I think it was two, yeah, two herniated discs in my neck that were compressing my spinal cord. And that was causing paralysis. So little by little, it went from falling constantly to having trouble walking at all. And then when I did fall, being so weak that I couldn't get back up. And so I ended up having emergency surgery. Um, and now I have a little metal gadget in my neck, basically holding uh, the two of my vertebrae together. And, uh, <clears throat> and that was quite a journey. And it was the end of June when I had the surgery and then about two weeks of rehab and then finally got to come home with a walker because I could not walk on my own. There just was no strength in my, in my legs. Um, my balance was completely gone and I couldn't feel my fingertips. And they were constantly freezing cold. I'm saying this in the past tense. However, this is still the case. It's now the end of November. And I'm still walking with a walker. And it's very frustrating. I'd never thought to myself any time in the past, I'm thankful for being able to walk. Have you ever thought that? I'm grateful for being able to walk. If you haven't, say it out loud now and say it often. Be appreciative. Be mindful of the things that we constantly take for granted. I hope that one day I'll be able to walk again on my own. But the way things are looking, that may not be the case. I am, of course, doing some pranic healing. I'm doing visualization of mending and strengthening my legs. So I'm hopeful that I will walk soon. And I have seen a little bit of improvement since I've been doing the visualization and, and pranic healing. So I'm, I'm very hopeful. But I'm not going to, to say it's absolutely going to happen. I'm prepared for things to stay the way they are. If they do, only because I have to stay positive about my situation, right? But think about the value. What value would you put on being able to walk? Just curious. If I said to you right now, I'll give you $50,000 if you never walk again or never walk on your own again. How about you could still walk, but maybe have to use a walker? Would you take it? What if it, I doubled it? What if it was 100000 What if I offered you a million dollars? I would bet that 99% of 
of the people listening would not take even a million dollars. Because when you actually stop and think about the value of walking, it's kind of cliche to say, but it really is priceless. And yet we never think about it. We take it for granted. What about your eyesight? Do you take that for granted? What if you lost your vision tomorrow? What if you found out you had cataracts? What if you're diabetic and you end up losing your sight or it getting so bad that they can't even correct it properly with, with lenses? We have to be not only thankful and grateful for these things that we take for granted, we have to be mindful. This is part of mindfulness. There's so many things you can stop and be grateful for that we just take for granted. And this podcast really isn't about gratitude. It's about value and learning how to see value in yourselves. But gratitude really is a big part of that, right? Because once you start being mindful of these things, in order to see their value, you're going to start to be more grateful for these things. But it's like anything in life. There, when, you hear, when you hear something, a lot of times it might be something you've never heard before, you've never seen before. Maybe you're reading a post on Facebook and you read something and you go, huh, never heard that before. But that's true. And it's common sense. Why didn't I ever think of that before? This happens so often in our lives because we're so busy, 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 right? Learning all the skills, doing all the things. And we're not really stopping to be mindful. And these common sense things would probably come to us if we were being mindful. But sometimes it takes listening to a podcast or reading an article, some blog, somebody, you know, before we go, we listen and go, oh, yeah, why haven't I been doing that? Why haven't I thought of that before? So that's what I want you to think about, your value. You're extremely valuable. You're so important. You are the only you in the entire universe. Think of the probability, how minute a probability that you exist with your specific, unique fingerprint, unique DNA, unique features, unique personality, unique perception, unique voice, everything about you is unique and that makes you priceless. So spend some time being mindful and thinking about that. And I want you to remember how valuable you truly are. Thanks for tuning in with me. I would love if you visited our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash embattled empaths. If you're interested in joining our impact support group, would love to see you there. Facebook.com forward slash groups 
forward slash embattled empaths. You can always check out our website at www.embattledempaths.com or shoot me an email at darlene at embattledempaths.com. By the way, I did just put out an offer for my signature course. It's actually a hybrid program where there's an online course, but you also get two 45-minute coaching sessions. These are spiritual transformation coaching sessions um, twice a week for the three weeks. It's a 21-day program, and it is incredibly priced right now for Black Friday. And so I, if you go to the website, in fact, Embattled Impasse right, right now, the website, if you've been there before, you'll notice that it's different because right now I've made that the landing page for the signature offer. And then after the holidays, we'll, we'll put the regular website back up. Uh, but I want that to be the main, the main landing page when you go to embattledimpasse.com that that's the, the, what you see. Uh, so I would love for you to check out my course. I would love to speak with you in person and help you on your spiritual transformation journey. So make sure to go to embattledempaths.com and check out that special offer we have going on right now. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me. I really appreciate each and every one of you. I appreciate your love, your comments and suggestions, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Blessings.